0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we'll be shining a light on managing your career with Jennifer Braganza. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited you're you're here to chat. To start, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are?
1: Absolutely. So, a little bit about me. I'm an engineer by training and profession. So, I uh, started my career in the automotive industry. I've worked in the higher education university setting. I taught engineering for five years. Then, I worked for a large bank for almost 10 years. And recently, about three months ago, transitioned to the HR industry where I lead a team of process engineers. That's what I do for a living. Uh, But you asked me a little bit about me as well. And so, I would say I'm a passionate advocate for helping others achieve their potential. And big on STEM, big on the environment, big on animals, uh, dogs in particular. And I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So there's
0: some random facts about me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Let's dive in. Just to start, how would you define a person who manages their career well? So to me, managing your career well
1: is really about taking charge of your career and knowing what it is that you want and what you don't want. A lot of times when I talk to people, they will say things to me like, well, I'm just looking for an internship or I'm just looking for my next job. And I'll say, okay, well, what kind of job are you looking for? And they're like, well, anything. Hmm. But the hard thing about an answer like that is it doesn't help you get that person to what they're looking for, right? Because it's so wide and it's so broad that it's really hard to help that individual. And so I think for people who are really taking charge and driving their own career, they have a sense of where they want to go next and they are being purposeful in how they get there. So they're looking for opportunities to build the skill set that's gonna help them be prepared when that opportunity comes one of my favorite sayings is that luck is when preparation meets opportunity right we we think it's just divine but the reality is those people were working hard to be prepared when that opportunity came and so when it came they were qualified for it and they got it and i think that's what it means to manage your career is to constantly be growing and evolving yourself in the direction that you want so that you can
0: have the opportunities that you're looking for at the right time Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. You mentioned it's it's best that you have a sense of what you'd like to do next, but it's not great to be overly vague. So how specific do you recommend people get in terms of managing the next steps in their careers?
1: So I'm a big believer in talking about the skills that you like to use, the things that you like to do, and not focusing too much on roles and job titles. Mm -hmm. And I've learned this from having, you know, take in roles across different industries, you can have a very similar job. But in one company, they call it this. And in another company, they call it that. And if you're so focused on, well, I'm looking for a process engineering role, and that's the only role that I think will be a good fit for me, you're going to miss out on great opportunities that might be called something different. They might be called process designer in another company, or sometimes they're even called really weird things like plant engineer. And so it's it's important that instead of focusing on job titles, that you really focus on the skills and the knowledge that you want to use and apply. And Be fairly specific about that. Know that you want to have a job where you get to solve problems. Know that you don't want a job where you're doing sales, right? Like, so be very specific on those skills, because as you start to talk to people and you're able to articulate, well, I like spending the majority of my workday doing these types of activities, and I'd prefer not to spend more of my time doing these, then people are able to say, I know a great role for you. Let me get you in touch with that person. So my suggestion, focus on skills. And then the other thing is just always remember, um, I read somewhere today, actually, the 80-20 rule. I think it applies for so many things, but it applies for your job as well. You should like 80% of what you do, but 20% may not be your favorite. And that's why we get paid to do our
0: jobs. That's why it's not volunteer work, right? Because (laughs) not everything we do is going to be work that we enjoy. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I love this emphasis on not being overly specific about a job title necessarily. And I guess on that note, as students actually thinking long term about their careers can be difficult. Many students, I believe, are really focused on that post grad role and honestly what the title is, I think, is really important. So what recommendations do you have for students in terms of long term career planning and even thinking about that role post grad? So the first thing
1: I always tell students that I'm mentoring as they graduate, start somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't come out of school typically knowing 100% what you want to do. And if you already have a sense of this is the industry I'm interested in, then go find a role in that industry and try it out. But take some of the load off, take some of the pressure off that that first role has to be a perfect fit, because it may not be. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think part of learning how to manage your career is taking the experiences, whether they're good or they're bad, and learning from them. I often say there is no win or lose, there's win and learn. Mm-hmm. And so when you end up in a role and your Like this role is not a good fit for me. I don't like this company or I don't like what I'm doing. Make sure you think about what it is that you don't like. What is it about that role that you don't like? And then focus on making sure that the next opportunity you search for doesn't have that aspect to it. And so, you know, right out of the gate, you may make a choice that you don't like, but it's not forever, probably for a year or two, maybe. And so get what you're supposed to from that opportunity. And then look for the next opportunity, look for where you want to grow your skills next and apply for that next role. But take some pressure off, you know, that first job is not forever. It's, It's the first chapter of a very long book that you're going to call your career. So don't overly stress about it. Certainly don't stress about the job title. Make sure that it's a job that seems interesting to you. That's going to allow you to bring the things that you do well to benefit your organization and to give you the opportunity to continue to grow and develop your skills and do something meaningful. Yes, I love this.
0: I love this answer. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) So I think... Anyone who has interviewed has probably heard this question, or even if you have a mentor, uh, has heard the question, what are your five-year goals? Like, where do you want to be in five years? How would you recommend people go about even thinking of their answer to that question?
1: So the first thing I will say is that you do need to have an answer to that question. I think sometimes people are really scared of giving an answer to that question because they feel like they're boxing themselves in. Well, I've said this, so now that's what I have to want to do in five years. But think of your career as being more like a road trip. And sometimes you take detours. And when you take a detour, your GPS is always smart enough to get you back on track. And it may not be the route that you thought you were going to take to get there, but your GPS gets you to where you want to go. And the reason I say this is because I think it's really, really easy for us to get lost in our minds of, I've said I want to be here in five years and I'm not on that path. Or what if I change my mind? I hear that so much from students. What if I change my mind and that's not where I want to be? Okay, then you change your mind and you have a different five-year goal in a year and there's nothing wrong with that. But today in this moment, where do you think you want to be in five years? So that's the first thing I'll say is just answer the question. Don't feel like it's being put in concrete and somebody's going to hold you accountable to it. It's just not, it doesn't work that way. The second thing is focus on skills that you want to be able to use and the impact you want to have. So again, don't talk about job titles. Don't tell someone in five years, I want to be a manager. Say in five years, I'd like to be leading people. I'd like to be leading a team, right? Because those are two completely different answers. And the person who's hearing them receives them differently. So my answer would be when you answer that question about what you want to be doing in five years, talk about the skills you want to be using and the impact that you want to have. And then don't worry if in a year you change your mind about those things.
0: Yes, that's very helpful. And I love that metaphor. But it's a it's a road trip. It's a journey. <laughs> Let's say I want to go back. I love this point where essentially you don't win or lose, right? You win or learn. I, I love that line that you said earlier. Let's say I'm trying some role. I'm not happy with it. How do you suggest I react and move on? Because I think it's hard to stomach sometimes like oh, I'm, I really already want to leave this role. I think especially if you haven't been there for a year yet, it can be sort of a debacle of should I leave? But if I know I'm unhappy, then should I leave? I don't know. What are your thoughts on this?
1: So I think it really comes down to the reason that you're unhappy. You know, I don't think that anyone should cry on their way into work and out of work, right? Like if you're in a place where the job is affecting your mental or physical health, there's there's no question. There's no compromise there, right? That's the one thing um, that you can't get back is your, your personal well-being and health. So I would say absolutely don't sacrifice that. Taking that category off the table for the the rest of my answer, one of the things that I see a lot of times is people don't like something about their job, but they don't understand the context of what's happening. And I'm a big believer that in every opportunity that you are being given the opportunity to learn something. And I'll I'll share a story right now, if that's okay. I took a, a job, this is many years ago now. I took a job and I went to go work for this executive and she and I butted heads all the time. I felt like she didn't value me. She never listened to me. I literally would say things like, you hired me because I knew how to do this, but you won't listen to anything I say, right? I just felt completely undervalued. So I did what any young person would do. I said, okay, fine, I'm gonna go look for a job. And I got a job offer at an external company because I was within a couple months of having taken that job at my company. So I couldn't look internally, which meant I was going to have to look externally. And I got a job offer and I was having a conversation with a mentor of mine. And she said, well, you know, it's great that you have this offer. The only question I want you to ask yourself is, are you running towards something or are you running away from something? Mm -hmm. Because if you're running towards this job and it's a job you really want great, take it. And I wish you like the best of luck with it. But if you're taking this job because you just want to get out of the situation you're currently in, that's the wrong reason to change jobs. And I took that to heart. And at the same time, I was reading a book by I think it's by Sean Anker on happiness. And he talks about the concept of sacred clowns, which is a a concept in some Native American tribes. And I'm probably going to quote this a little bit wrong. So go check out the real reference. But this is what stuck for me. He talks about... In this ceremonial um, adventure that the young men have to go on, they go out into the woods and they have to survive for a certain amount of time. And part of the ritual is that there are these people that are called sacred clowns, these men, these older men, and their job is to heckle that these these young men, to, to like basically be mean to them, make fun of them, tease them, right? And what they found is in the years that the sacred clowns show up, more of the men pass this adventure than in the years where there are no sacred clowns, because when we are challenged, it brings out the best in us. It forces us to rise to the occasion. And I think there's something about that in challenges where we can look at a situation and say, okay. And so this is what happened with this executive that I was working with. I was like, okay, The issue is really not with her, it's with me. My issue is that I don't have a seat at her table and I want one. I want her to listen to me. But you know what? That is a position that is earned. So how do I earn that position at her table? And then I set about doing it. Over the following nine months, that executive became a huge sponsor for me. She helped me in my career tremendously and to this day she is somebody I am still in touch with so that entire relationship completely changed from being one that I was so unhappy I was prepared to leave the company to me taking a step back and saying what is it that I'm supposed to learn here about myself and about this situation and how to navigate it and I took the appropriate actions to grow in it. And I I share that story because in the moment I certainly wasn't like, oh, let me, let me think about how I can grow in this moment. Mm -hmm. I was really like, okay, I'm sick and tired of this crap. I want out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to have somebody in our lives who says, hold on a second. What is it that you are after? Because I'm a firm believer that we do most of our growing in moments of challenge and struggle and strife. And that is when our character is revealed. And that's when we become the people that we were created to be versus in moments of, you know, just success where we just kind of are. Right. So that's a very long answer
0: to that question. (laughs) No, I appreciate that story a lot. And I think that just shows the power and sort of a, a change of perspective. Yes. And... That was a bit of a plot twist at the end, that this person who almost seemed like your enemy became a sponsor. So that sounds like a very good experience. it was. So a little bit, sort of a sub question to my previous question. I am curious of your thoughts on this sort of one year rule that I have heard about like leaving and sticking with a company. I, I know people seem to be, especially recent grads seem to be switching companies, experiencing different job roles and such more than people used to. But I have heard this recommendation that whether you hate it or love it, at least stay for a year. I did want to get your perspective on that since we're sort of talking about this.
1: You know, it goes back to a little bit of what I said. If it, if health or well-being is, is at risk, then, you know, you walk away always. Mm-hmm. If it's not about that, I think it's a good idea to stick it out because, again, I do think there's something you can learn from that situation. The reality is, in most cases, even if we feel like we're underutilized, it's an opportunity for us to practice how we show up. Different story, but you know, I had a year where I was really not liking my job, like really not liking it. And I was seriously like, okay, what am I going to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. And I ended up just sticking it out because I didn't really want to leave the company. As the year came to an end, one of my uh, conversations with my manager at my year end, he said, you know, you are the most resilient person I've got on my team. Because people, I felt like I was, I don't remember the name of that toy, but remember when you were a kid and there was this toy and you'd punch it and it bounced back at you? Mm. I felt like I was that person who constantly had to bounce back. What I was doing was every day I'd walk into the office and I'd say, regardless of what happens with the, you know, with the team that I'm on, I'm going to be my best self. And I would that was my mantra. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to be my best self. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what I am supposed to do regardless of what's happening. And I did that day in and day out. And I built this characteristic I never had. I became resilient. Wow. I love that story. I, I think that sometimes you just have to stick it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember when you were a kid and you were like, I don't want to play basketball anymore. And your parents were like, tough, you signed up, right? (laughs) There is a part of me that says, you know, yes, stick it out. Yes. Because you might surprise yourself. It takes time. I don't think people understand how much time it takes to really understand a company, the culture, the roles. Most people will tell you to really understand how an organization works will take a minimum of two years for most people. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're changing companies in every two years, you're you're losing out because by the time you finally understand how a company works and can leverage that, like you can be organizational savvy, you're moving on to the next company and you're losing all the capital you've put into the relationships you've got. I'm a big believer in absolutely pursue the best opportunity for yourself, but it's also worthwhile looking at how you can grow your career in a company and build relationships, there's more to work than just your salary and your job title. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with your corporate culture, the values of your company, and so that would be something I would just remind students of. um, It's really easy to accept a job because it's the best offer you've got. But make sure you're also looking at all of those other pieces that make up the company, like their benefits, their vacation, because you'll be surprised at how much that can have an impact on you. When I worked for the bank, one of my favorite benefits at that company was they allowed every employee to volunteer for two hours of every week as paid time. So 5% of our time could be spent volunteering every week as paid time, as long as our manager was okay with it. Wow. And that was by far my favorite benefit. And so, you know, I think you just have to keep in mind the big picture of the company. Sometimes you may end up in a role that you don't like, and it's worth just sticking it out until you can apply for a different role at the same company.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for that. And I definitely agree with you that it takes more time than I think, especially new grads, Know to get used to a company. I, especially as I was onboarding at my current company, even folks who have been there for almost two years or so were like, I, you know, I'm still learning. And everyone's actually still learning in some way, shape, or form. So I appreciate you highlighting that. Do you have any last words of wisdom for anyone trying to get a better hold of their career development?
1: Yes, I I think the last piece of advice I'd give folks is focus on your strengths. You know, when you if you've ever heard of Strength Finder, it will give you a sense of what you're good at. But taking what it tells you that you're good at and developing it into strengths requires you investing time into growing and learning in those areas. So as an example, ideation is one of my strengths, which means that give me like very little information and I can spout out like 500 ways that you could solve that problem. That's one of my one of my strengths from StrengthFinder. But what I've also learned is that there are things that I can go do that are going to help that strength be even more powerful. And at the end of the day, companies hire you for what you're great at, not for what you're bad at. So I'm very open and honest when I interview with somebody about what my strengths are, but also what my weaknesses are. And so know yourself, know what you're good at, but also know what you're bad at and be open about it. Be willing to have a conversation about, I know this isn't my strength and therefore this is what I do to manage it. Because I will tell you as somebody who interviews a lot. When I ask you what your strengths and your weaknesses are, and I get like very sad answers, it's one of those things that tells me that person is not very self-aware. So I would just say, you know, focus on becoming self-aware, knowing yourself, knowing what you're good at, and then really investing in yourself. And that means maybe things that your company or university are paying for. But, you know, once you're earning a paycheck, you should be looking at putting two to Three, two to five percent of your annual salary back into yourself because you are the product. And so you should be continuing to take courses. I take coaching programs. I take training programs. Every year I'm spending several, well, it doesn't matter how much money I'm spending, but I'm, I'm investing in myself through a lot of programs because I'm always trying to grow and be better at my craft. Mm-hmm. I build my own practice. And I, that would be my advice is figure out what you're great at and then continue to invest in it so it becomes your
0: superpower. And everyone knows they should hire you for that. That's awesome advice. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you again, Jennifer, for joining me today on this chat.
1: It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, they are more than welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. And you can also find me on Facebook at Career Success Designer. So either place, uh, feel free to connect with me and I'm happy to
0: answer questions or help however I can. Awesome. Thank you to anyone tuning in. Thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.